Monday, November 28, 2016. The 2016 Great Smoky Mountains wildfires were a devastating event that affected thousands of people and left a lasting impact on the landscape of the region. The fires began in late November and quickly spread, burning through nearly 17,000 acres of land. Over 150 homes and businesses were destroyed, and hundreds of people were forced to evacuate. The fires also caused significant damage to the area's natural resources, including the loss of over 100,000 trees. Evacuation was mandatory for everyone in Gatlinburg, and many people fled with only the clothes on their backs. The fire so intense that it melted the asphalt on the roads. Several evacuees described the scene as like driving into hell. And listener, before we get too far ahead, we're going to give you a first-hand look into what it's like driving into hell before this is over. This is really bad. That was a small power outage. Those have been happening quite often. And the lights are on. That's how bright the fire is. Got these trees probably going to come down. Who knows? Lots of ash coming down. You can hear trees falling in the background. Electrical transformers blowing up. Wind's pretty bad. It's just getting worse. Whoa. Lots of smoke. Still got power. Completely surrounded.
there's an amber flowing. There's a fire real close. I just saw a hot ember. I think I might have to get off here and check that out. Michael Luciano noticed the small ember drift slowly from a red sky. The night, days previous, as dark as any other. The sky now glowed with the color of canned beetroot. According to Luciano, conditions had been that way for days. Michael was told by local officials and the National Park Services there wasn't any danger, yet the sky still glowed red ominously. The burning red sky reminiscent of pressing your hand to a flashlight. The way the webs of your fingers glowed against the glass of a lit electric torch. And to anyone with any sense, this meant something was wrong, and this wasn't a childhood game. Every minute going forward mattered, because if Luciano and his stepbrother, Anthony Fulton, didn't move quickly, and most importantly, carefully, they would be swallowed by the same fire that lit that evening sky. It was a hard call to make despite the conditions. The men had power, they had cable television, they had a ham radio, emergency radio, and working cell phones. But if things were so bad in Chalet Village, why hadn't there been a warning? All these means of communication, no one called to tell them to get out of there? But it was the glow of that ember that sat in Luciano's mind. If there was an ember, then fire was nearby. Michael and Anthony went to investigate on their ATVs. They found fire just 300 yards away from their home. The men found three cabins burning. Fire was snaking its way across the street to the next cabin. Michael called 911 when they got home. They were told a fire truck was dispatched and on the way. But something didn't sit right with Michael. The operator hung up on him. It gave him a gut feeling. That feeling was that they, Michael and Anthony, were alone on this burning mountain. And that if they wanted to live, they would need to save themselves. The group, Luciano, Fulton, and Luciano's dog, Red, a Doberman Pinscher, climbed into their truck. They hadn't grabbed much from their cabin, emergency supplies, and some personal effects. It was now time to begin their descent down the burning mountain. As they pulled onto the road, Michael Luciano started filming with his cell phone. We are now evacuating. And... Chalet Village is on fire. Rest is down. Chalet Village is on fire. Shit. Go, 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 go. The drive so far is simple enough, especially for someone familiar with the area. There's the presence of smoke, not yet billowing, falling embers, downed power lines, but things are going to get worse and fast. Fuck all the Chalet Village is on fire.
we just got stuck. We're turning around. There's power lines and uh, trees blocking the road. We cannot get out. Other people attempting to evacuate. Did you turn that Coleman off the house? Never on. Alright. Never on. That's good. And now we're heading back towards where we live. Which the inevitable. We didn't think was gonna happen. It's starting to happen. That's a cabin. There's down my road. Everything is burning, and when I say everything, I mean everything but the roads and the small path the men and their dogs are navigating. Flames trail up trees, electrical fires run along power lines, homes burn in a somewhat greater orange than the rest of the fire. They burn a strange dark orange with highlights of magenta. This all creates a tunnel effect. Dark, nearly black smoke is shown through only by the overwhelming fire, and in the dense smoke falls embers like rain. These men are traveling through the closest approximation of hell on earth I've seen with my own two eyes. We'll get out of it. Hit the gas. I can't see. You can see. It's burning around. There's every cabin, everything. There you go. We're, we're not gonna make it across that road. Shit. Oh fuck. Oh shit. You're good. Wow. It's okay, Red. Fuck. Hit the gas! Hit the gas! It's too hot in here. Don't worry about the lines. Welcome, sir. It's okay, Red. 
The road in front of the men is nearly invisible. Grass running along the road burns, giving a sort of runway effect, which the truck navigates. Branches smack the windshield emerging from rolling plumes of smoke, and the truck drives over down power lines and branches with a mechanical groan each time. It's easy to ask yourself while watching, at what point do tires melt in this heat? And then there's the bodies. What can't be seen on camera is the bodies that Michael and Anthony can see, and that have been deceased for quite some time. They're not even trying to put this shit out. No warning, nothing. Not one single warning on the news. And you're telling me nobody knew. Almost every cabin in Chalet Village is burning to the freaking ground. It's okay, babe. Come here. I know your eyes are burning. Oh, God. That was a beautiful cabin, too. Not now. Hit the gas. Hit the fuck out of here. Please, Lord, let us get off this mountain. Go, go. We don't need a flat right here. Oh, fucking tree. Fuck! Go through it. Go through it. I can't. Fuck. I cannot be stuck. There's a large downed tree. It and its many branches stretch across the road. Here, hold on. Hold on. We gotta get out of here. Hold on. Keep her in here. Oh man. We gotta get out of here. How's that ditch look? Not good. Try it on the left side where these sticks are short. Get a running start. Just drove through a tree. Listen closely enough, you can hear the roar of the fire and a whistling, cracking sound of burning power lines. The windshield is spotted with soot, large grape and tangerine-sized globs of it. But wait, it's not soot. It's human skin and flesh that's stuck to the windshield. 
Real progress is made. The truck, the men, and their dog all spiraling down the mountain and its inferno. But then, the glowing rearview light of another vehicle comes into view. It's parked and blocking the road. All of Chalet Village is gone. Every single cabin is gone. Ours was still standing when we left. Oh shit. No. Go! Does this motherfucker want to die here? What are you gonna do? Just sit there? Hold on a minute. This fucking guy. Fucking asshole. What the fuck is wrong with you? Go! Alright, after having to get that idiot out of our way, I don't think he was in the worst of it, not in that car. I think we fucked up the truck. We had to drive through a big tree just to get out of here. You can see the fire. This is just terrible. It's devastating. Never seen anything this bad. Ever. Well, they didn't give anybody that lived up there any warning. Not even on the news. We were watching. The obstacle of the parked vehicle averted. The men make their way through the final stretch. They are greeted with flashing police lights and what I assume is a sense of relief. The relief was short-lived. Luciano and Fulton arrived to the police blockade at 9.11 p.m. That's where they met the man at the bottom. According to the Smoky Mountain News, there was a man at the bottom, a resident of Chalet Village, who waved Luciano and Fulton down to say that his wife and daughters were still up there with the brothers' pleas. Please, take him up to get them. Luciano told the man that the cabins were lost, and that, quote, they'd all die if they went back up there. The man stood in disbelief, processing his loss. His name is Michael Reed. Knox News reports that his wife, Constance, and his daughters, Chloe and Lily Reed, were killed during the Gatlinburg wildfires. Over five years later, a federal judge in Tennessee dismissed lawsuits that were filed on the behalf of victims of the Gatlinburg wildfire. The lawsuits had been filed against the Sevier County government and the National Park Service, 
alleging that they had failed to properly manage the wildfire and had failed to warn people of the danger. However, the judge ruled that the Sevier County government and the National Park Service were not liable for the damage caused by the wildfire. Yeah. <laughs>